Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Sapp. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is August 26th. It's Listing Your Boy number 181, the show that I have been waiting to get to for so long, Jimmy. Every day of my life, even before I knew you, I wondered what it would be like when we got Every day of your life. Every day of your life. Listen, you boy, 181. It's what kept me going. I got to lose the glasses because the glasses are messing with the green screen for some reason. So got to get those out. Well, the first thing I want to do is I want to say happy uh, early birthday to Sean Ross Sapp. Oh, thank you. Um, I appreciate the Tesla that you bought me. Just give me the details and I'll pick it up whenever. Why is uh, does Hot Wheels make those now? <laughs> Very clever. Very clever. <laughs> How old are you going to be on August 30th? Now, let's not talk about it, but my wife's birthday is next week. She'll be 31. Um, our anniversary is next week, too. It's a busy week. It's a busy week. Something tells me your wife would probably uh, rather that you mention your own age than hers. Eh, who cares? It's not really important. <laughs> who cares? Okay. Uh, and then the other thing look, I want to do. Look it up on Wikipedia. I'm sure it's on there. I am on my hometown's Wikipedia for really? some reason. Yeah, did, I don't know why. Did, really you cr- did you write your hometown's Wikipedia? If, if I had my choice, I wouldn't be on any Wikipedia whatsoever. Mm. So, no, I definitely did not write that. Okay, that's good. Well, the next thing I want to do is I want to ask uh, – I, I want to uh, send well wishes to Buff Bagwell, and I want to ask you if you have an update on Buff Bagwell. I do not, but um, it was looking wild last week. Police – 
uh, implied that he was under the influence. This isn't something that I'm throwing out there. Police implied he was under the influence and was a little erratic with the driving. That's too bad. And it was uh, it was uh, prescription drugs, not alcohol or anything, right? I think that's that's the word from the police. Okay. Hopefully he's okay because uh, you know I know obviously he's been the butt of a lot of jokes over the last ten years. Yeah. Okay. Almost twenty years, I guess, in pro wrestling. But uh, but he's still a human being, and he still had a pretty good run at one point. So, you know, yeah. Okay, let's move on and talk about the good and bad with Thunderdome because this is becoming a big issue. Well, before let's let the people know: thumbs up, subscribe. If you're watching live on YouTube.com/slash Fightful, uh, send us a super chat. We'll read your question or statement on the air, and if if it's going to be a topic that we approach then I will ask it as we approach that topic. But, uh, yeah, make sure you guys send in a super chat. That stuff really helps. If you want to support us in another way, FightfulSelect.com. I, quite frankly, have the entire Bound for Glory card that doesn't even happen for two months up on FightfulSelect.com right now. And, uh, yeah, uh, as Alex says, wet our beak a little bit with these super chats. But, uh, yeah, Jimmy Thunderdome. Uh, so last week I referred to it as lipstick on a pig. I said that uh, they might see a short-term boost with the ratings, but long-term it's not going to make a lick of difference unless there are creative changes. I hold, uh, I still hold that opinion, and I feel like over the last week we saw uh, two different qualities of show depending on the night, and that was kind of indicative of how much of an impact those new aesthetics have. But uh, in terms of the, the good, and, and uh, I've, I've heard some of your opinions in some of the other podcasts, but in terms of the good, I think the first one is uh, it's just a nice change of scenery. You know, five months at the PC and plexiglass and the same quote-unquote fans standing up. It's just a nice change. I think that the wide panoramic shot looks cool. Whenever they do the wide shot that shows the, the virtual fans wrapped around the ring, I think that's kind of a cool look. I think when the crowd sweetening is done well, it adds to the overall presentation. Um, before I get into the bad, do you want to add to the good? Yeah, I do want to add to the good. Sorry, I have my mic muted there. Um, it's different. That's good. There's, to me, there's, there's not a lot of things that I look at a weekend and say, oh yeah, that's great. Cause they have problems with the videos and all that stuff. So outside of it's new, they have pyro cool there's not a lot of there's not a lot of things that I can really look at and say, oh man, that's great. Right, right. Well, let's talk about the bad and uh, a few of these things you've gone over again on other podcasts. The first one is uh, allowing different colored backgrounds with the virtual fans. It's very distracting. Uh, I think that the fans should never be taking away from what's going on in the ring, and I find that the different colored backgrounds is taking away from what's going on in the ring. I understand why they're doing it the way they're doing it. In the NBA, when they have the the chair superimposed behind the person, it leaves a very small window for the person to be in, and WWE wants to have more space because they want you to cheer and boo. I understand all that, but the the different colored backgrounds to me is a big distraction. Uh, The crowd sweetening... As the shows went on and as Raw came along, the crowd sweetening became a negative uh, for two reasons. Number one, it sounded like they were always booing no matter who was in the ring. And number two, they didn't do proper direction. And, of course, we always shit on Kevin Dunn. When Randy Orton's music queued up for his match against Keith Lee, 
they forgot to turn on the crowd noise. And so his music queued up to complete dead silence and stayed like that for five to ten seconds. And then all of a sudden the crowd noise uh, just just kicked in all of a sudden. So for those reasons, I found that was a negative. Uh, Now, here's the biggest issue. And this is going to continue to be an issue until they find a way to fix it. They have to monitor the virtual fans. This has to get done. It's only been, what, three, four shows, three shows, SmackDown, SummerSlam, and Raw, three shows. And already there have been issues. Uh, There was a guy dressed in KKK garb. Somebody put up a picture of Chris Benoit. Somebody put a picture of um, the assailant. That no, broken. They didn't. No, they didn't. Oh, that was photoshopped. photoshopped? Okay, was okay. Photoshopped. So they now. I guess I should ask then. A mock beheading. There was some. <laughs> I don't believe so. I no? think these. Not that I'd seen, but yeah, there was a lot of bad shit on there. Not that we really shouldn't even give them the the glorification of it in, in that sense. Just right. say that people are putting up dumb stuff. But yeah, that that's the issue, and that's that's one of the re- here. First off, here's the thing. I heard a great idea on Twitter, and somebody somebody that had a really good one. Charge $10 for people to appear there. You have their credit card on file, and straight up put on there. If you break the rule, you are fined on this card. If they don't, credit them back and give them like a $5 WWE shop gift card or something like that. Like some way to hold these people accountable and to identify them if they do stuff like this, because that is not okay. The crowd sweetening. Oh, it got so bad. It got so bad. Like Randy Orton even liked my tweet where I said that it was, it was noticeable and bad Yes, because, because of how it laid underneath. It didn't lay underneath the Keith Lee, the Keith Lee promo. It was very clear. And I'm like, why do you want the mics to work? If you're not going to use them, and I get it, the computer sound is a lot different. But oh, I just, it doesn't, they're not good at this. They're not good at this. You're right. And I know it's going to take a little bit of time, but I, but, but I guess the question is going to be, are they going to learn and are they going to make changes? When it comes to the virtual fans, how many screens are up there, Sean? Do you know? Uh, I do not know how many screens are up okay, there. Okay, because I noticed that they were rotating them. So they would have, you know, yes. somebody on a screen, they'd rotate them. It wouldn't be hard to have a handful of employees in the back with a screen, and maybe each employee has 20 or 30 of these that they're monitoring. It wouldn't be hard for them to be able to keep tabs of 20 or 30, and you see somebody do something stupid, and you cut them. That would be very easy to do if they actually do it. And it's kind of funny what you just said about uh, you would start charging, because I actually wrote that on the list. I would start charging for those spots. I would get the person's credit card on file, and I would ding them with fees. Exactly what you just said, I would do that. They don't even have to charge them the $10. All i got to do is pre-auth. So yes. you basically do the pre-auth for 10 bucks, and then if you don't fuck up, they don't actually charge you the 10 bucks. You know, like these are easy things to do, and I give them the benefit of the doubt because this was a brand new concept. So the question is going to be, are they going to learn and are they going to make changes? Because uh, it's like you just said, as word gets out that these things are happening, more people are going to do them. And, and I know that some people think, well, what's the problem? They're only on screen for a second. We live in a digital DVR world where people can spot something, they can rewind, they can pause a the screen, they can take a screenshot of it, and that's exactly what's happening. And yeah. so uh, they got to pivot. I completely agree. They should get their credit card number on file. We've seen the demand for this thing where they, the, the spots are reserved so quickly. If you put the credit card in there, you're still going to fill the spots. 
Yes, I completely agree. So, because uh, it's not that many, not that yes. many spots. I completely agree. Now, I should add that WWE, uh, they are aware of the actions of some of these virtual fans, and they went so far as to release a statement. And this is the statement. They said, this abhorrent behavior does not reflect WWE's values, and we have zero tolerance for these unacceptable acts. We're working to ban those involved from future events, and per our policies, any inappropriate actions result in the removal from the live stream. So at least it looks like that they're aware, and so uh, they need to pivot. And uh, I love the idea, again, charge them. Have their card on file. Just do a pre-auth. If they screw up, you ding them with a fee. Guaranteed, they won't do it again if you ding them with a fee. So long as it's significant. Don't make it $5. You know what I mean? If you ding them with enough, they won't do it again. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. We have our first round of Super Chats. A big one from Matt Scales. Thank you. He says, happy birthday, SRS. First time Super Chat. (laughs) Looking forward to seeing you make Adam Blompied bald today on Quizzlemania. FTF, Dong Lord. Where do you think this SummerSlam rates overall? Uh, well, first off, yeah, I'm very excited to uh, make a person go bald without uh, them shaving their pubes. Thanks to Manscaped.com, code Fightful. But I thought this was a really good SummerSlam, Jimmy. I did too. And, and ironically enough, that was the next thing on my list. We're in sync today, Sean. Hot dog. So we're getting right into to Matt's uh, comment. It's hard for me to rank things overall because there's been 33 of them, and there's been so many. I mean, at this point, hundreds and hundreds of hours of SummerSlam. It's really hard to put it up there. Yep. But I'm going to remember this show very fondly because that tagline, well, one, it had a lot of very sensical booking. Yes. A lot of sensical booking. And then that close, I will never forget. And because I was on a live stream with WrestleTalk as it happened, I was oh, you dropping were? in. Yeah, I was on their stream, and I just dropped in to kind of bid adieu to them. And when I saw my own reaction, I'm like, man, that's that's why I love wrestling so much. That's why I like it, because sometimes you just never know, and we didn't see it coming, Jimmy. No, and uh, now I, I'm not going to go uh, detail into SummerSlam, because Fightful already has it. There was a post-SummerSlam podcast. You can check it out. We don't need to go into detail match by match. There's just a few things I want to point out. The first one is, going back to the Thunderdome, and maybe it was because the Thunderdome was a new concept going into SummerSlam, but I felt that helped with the overall presentation of SummerSlam, being in a new environment. I thought that was good. And I think when you look at how poor Raw was this week, because I think Raw was generally shit on, uh, for, for creatively, that goes to show that you can change the aesthetics, but a bad show creatively is still a bad show. And, that's, yeah. and, that, and that was my point last week about how this is lipstick on a pig if the creative doesn't change. But going back into SummerSlam, I agree with you on your first point. It was mostly clean finishes unless the match stipulations called for otherwise. And so when you look at Bailey Sasha, it made sense for Sasha to help Bailey the first time and to sacrifice herself for Bailey and then for Bailey to not sacrifice herself for Sasha. That told a good story. Yes. Uh, and so I really like that a lot. Um, Drew McIntyre winning with a backslide. I liked it. I did. Like, I saw some people say, oh, that's a very melodramatic finish. It's supposed to be a fight. And it's a wrestling hold. There's nothing wrong with a well-placed wrestling hold beating somebody. Jimmy, I I likened it to Diesel and Bret Hart in 1995, except Drew McIntyre, you could argue, is more convincing winning in a backslide than Bret Hart with a small package. But I knew who Bret Hart was. I knew that he was this technical master. Right. And I knew that Diesel was the big, bad son of a bitch. And Bret won with a small package. And I, 10 years old, I was like, yeah, that could happen. Bret's that good. 
Yeah. I look at this and I'm like, Drew's that good. He beat all these people. He's gonna he could beat them with a wrestling hold. I like that. And also it adds a level of unpredictability to it. I agree. A, a Claymore didn't get hit in that match. An RKO didn't get hit in that match. Right. A punt didn't get hit in that match. It changed the formula of what we usually see out of WWE matches, and that's what I like. I don't like the same old formula. I agree. And I thought Drew and Randy Orton did that. Now, Ric Flair actually spoke with Wrestling Inc. and had like a lot of good things to say. He was, he was like, man, sometimes a well-placed wrestling hold is what you need to make that wrestling hold a threat again. I love that finish. That's true, and and I, I'm with you on the unpredictability aspect. Did anybody think Masvidal was going to knock out Asker in five seconds with a running knee? No. Did people complain afterwards? Oh, it only lasted five seconds. No. It was the talk of that particular show. I'm with you on the unpredictability. I thought that was totally cool. Uh, and now I guess we'll talk about the main event next with uh, Mr. Roman Reigns. So uh, last June, I got Roman Reigns to do a cameo video. And it was supposed to be just a big joke, and I was kind of trolling Sean for yeah. fun. But in that video, Roman Reigns said something that has been apropos when you look at what happened at SummerSlam. In case you missed it the first time around, I got the cameo. Put it up, Camillo. What's up, Sean Ross Sapp? Uh, yeah, man. You ain't been doing your homework. Uh, apparently, you said I'm not doing interviews because of lockdown, but that's just not true. You just didn't get in touch with the right people, but... Don't worry, your boss, uh, Jimmy Van, did that work for you. He did the due diligence and the research for you, and he found me through here. So uh, I just want to give you a shout-out, man. Um, yeah, you know, I, I am sticking to a legit quarantine, and we are staying locked down for many reasons, not, you know, just myself, but my family and my community, um, and to be able to set that example. But... You know, hopefully we'll get back to normal soon and I'll be whooping everybody's ass soon. And you can be writing all you want on Fightful.com about that. I'm sure y'all will hate. Everybody's like, why won't he come back? When's he going to come back? And then when I come back and destroy everybody, they're going to be pissed. But it's all good because I'm the best. Yes, sir. (laughs) How appropriate was it, he says, when I come back and whip everybody's ass and then what's he do at SummerSlam? He comes back and whips everybody's ass. So uh, it's interesting. Now, uh, he's already got a title shot this Sunday at Payback, the pay-per-view everybody forgot about. My first question for you, Sean Russell, because this is a polarizing topic. What What are your thoughts on Roman Reigns coming back and one week later getting a title shot at Payback? I'm fine with it for a couple of reasons. He left with a title shot. He had that good to go. If they brought back Christian next week and gave him an intercontinental title shot, I would say, well, you know what? He was owed one six years ago before he got hurt and left. I'd be okay with that. It would make sense from a logical perspective. He left with a title shot right there ready to go. Also, I don't have any confidence in WWE booking him in an extended fashion leading up to a a title opportunity. And quite frankly, I don't need the seventh coronation of Roman Reigns that they love to build up to to every WrestleMania. Another coronation, because this will finally be the one. This will be the one if they book him the right way. If they ditch the music, they ditch the gear. And I had some people say, well, I don't know what's wrong with the gear. Uh, Well, there was nothing (laughs) wrong with the gear in 2012 when he was a member of The Shield. And the Shield wore that type of stuff. And The Shield came out to that. 
He is his own man. He is very good. He can be a great character. Let him be his own man. To me, it depends on what their plan is for Roman Reigns. If their plan is to go heel with them, then I can live with it. Then I can live with him getting a, a, a title shot. But if the plan is for him to go back to being the Roman Reigns that he was when he left, if the plan is for Vincent Mann to coordinate him as the guy again, then I got a big problem with him getting a title shot one week back because fans turned on him the first time. And I know that he still got his supporters, but a lot of fans turned on him the first time because of the way he was booked. Sure. And so if Vince McMahon's mentality is that you are once again going to be the guy and you're getting a title shot a week after you come back, that's why fans hated him to begin with. And it's only going to continue that trend of everybody booing him and not liking him. So if Vince oh, McMahon... Not with that crowd sweetening. That's fair. You're right. That's fair. That's fair. But if Vince McMahon is finally going to listen to the audience and if he's finally going let, to let Roman go heel, which everybody has wanted to see for a while, then I can live with him getting a title shot. But otherwise, I don't agree with it. I, I think they should just let him marinate for a little bit. Um, and this is a Vince McMahon problem. Jump to the climax week one. This has been a problem for years, you know? So, well, you know, we'll see. Here's the thing. If, if people have a problem with jumping to the climax right out of the gate, our friends at Blue Chew can help them out. BlueChew.com will make sure that you build things up. <laughs> It'll give you that sustained push. And let me tell you, you want to talk about storylines? <clears throat> your something, someone, whatever it is special, will be telling stories about your rock-hard penis <laughs> for years to come. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but you know they work. Even if you've been out of the game for four or five months, maybe you're looking to make a big return. Maybe you're looking to make an impact. Maybe you're looking to give them a little bit of the ooh-ah. <laughs> wow. Well, Blue Chew is a chewable, so it gets into your system a lot faster than those other guys. It's ready whenever you are. Even if you're taking some time off, you want to make that impression. And let me tell you, you want that impression to be felt. Wow. It's prescribed online. It ships straight to your door. You don't have to wait in line at the doctor. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't want to be doing that these days. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping, and you get your first shipment free. You got to pay the mailman. Respect to our mailmen these days. We had a cameo from a Donglord mailman on Monday, Jimmy, who uh, complimented me for my compliments of the Postal Service and bought the Donglord shirt. So I'm, I'm speaking... I'm speaking truths here. I'm not just throwing stuff out there to throw it out there. Uh, Fightful, use that code at bluechew.com. Get your first shipment free. Hit them up at bluechew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. Damn. We got lots of super chats, Jimmy. Uh, hit them unless you want to wait till we hit a certain topic. No. Some of these are topics we aren't covering. Daniel Marshall says, can't wait to see Adam Blampede bald hashtag ftf forever that's right guys evan wright says fightful select is worth every penny sour graps yeah alex reviews raw and smackdown and most pay-per-views i review aew and nxt and that's before we even get to the exclusive stuff like the q a's and the backstage report podcast roger acevedo says today is my 25th birthday glad to be spending it watching fightful also happy birthday srs well happy birthday to you and uh, to be 25 again, I wish. <laughs> yeah, me too. I wish. 
Uh, Rob Wilkins says, Jimmy, my dad is not a wrestling fan at all, but I sent him the Grappling with Grief YouTube page, and he has really enjoyed them. Just want to let you know. Awesome. I'm doing another interview today. So I been... did numbers, Jimmy. It did. It did. I'm, I'm impressed I... that many people care about you. I'm just saying my grief is better than everybody else's grief. Oh, basically. Jesus. You said that's, it. I didn't. You said it. I didn't. <laughs> my grief is way better than everyone else. The thoughts <laughs> expressed by Sean Rossab do not necessarily reflect those of me or my company or grapplingwithgrief.com. <laughs> they don't necessarily, but in this case, they absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. Jobber JJ496, Sean Ross Sapp, number one fan TM, says FTF. Adam will be bald, but all he knows what the audience wants. Happy birthday or early birthday and a wedding anniversary. FTF. Big thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. And uh, we have Hannah Moore, who was a part of the Thunderdome experience, saying, I will say the experience was much better on Sunday compared to Friday. I also really enjoyed being in the Thunderdome. It really makes the show better when in it. We were about a minute ahead of everybody. Oh, okay. So if they were about a minute ahead of everybody and they still didn't catch some yeah, of these videos. True. Damn, what are they doing? But uh, we love hearing these Thunderdome experiences. So please uh, keep, keep letting them roll in. Evan Wright says... The Bucks comment on Randy Orton's punt whiff was hilarious. I love the banner back and forth between them. People take it to heart when they shouldn't. I love this stuff. Have you seen the Orton Young Bucks back and forth? Yeah, it's all jokes. I don't think I anything know, of it, yeah. It's funny. Like The Young Bucks posted a, a video of their dive, and Randy Orton said, oh, yeah, but you didn't hit anybody. Say hi to, to Ambrose and Goldust and yeah. uh, Luke Harper for us. So one of the Young Bucks commented on randy orton's punt and said yeah but he didn't hit anybody say hi to all these people that used to wrestle with them for us i right. thought that was so i love this stuff it's Jimmy. cool it's fun i've no obviously the you know when when orton made his comment the pro aew people are going to be really upset and when they made their comment the pro wwe people are going to be really upset it's all jokes it's all yeah. lighthearted. there's nothing there's nothing about it i want to hey hey we still got more super okay Stop sorry doing this. Stop doing this. <laughs> Christopher Jazzcat said, bald Adam, please. Hashtag FTF. Happy birthday, SRS. Thank you very much. And Rafael Garcia says, hashtag give Sean the book. I could not do that job. I can Right now, I can lay out the skeleton of a long-term storyline. I would not be able to book every single week. That would be very, very In, hard. You mean in WWE? Yeah, I posted a Bailey-Sasha storyline that I wish would oh, unfold you did. On, on my Twitter. And pretty, pretty good. But it'd be, uh, it's not easy to do that job. That's, uh, that's my why. my dream used to be to be a WWE writer. And, and uh, if, if people have followed this podcast for a while, you might know that I interviewed with the company years ago and uh, didn't get the job. And I would not do it now. If they paid me to do that job, what I make currently, I would still not do it. It is uh, a Jim, it is a thankless job. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, you're privy to a story from last year and there was a situation that arised where i ended up talking to a wwe wrestler about a certain spot and they said to me never go to wwe they would never want you for what you can do they would yes. want you to keep you from doing what you can do and i was like you know what i don't take offense to that i looked at the situation realistically and i said that's probably true 
I know I know certain people that worked for the company. I won't mention names, but I know certain people who went in lifelong WWE fans, and their fandom completely got soured based on the experience. Yeah. So yeah, I, I it's not something that I ever strive to do anymore. Our boy Throwback Twenty Seven. I was on Match Memories with him on his channel. Check that out. He says if the injury to Cross is worse than we think, could WWE be forced to do the same thing they'd done with Balor? The build up, uh, they build both up and both got hurt only to relinquish the title. Could this happen? It could happen, Jimmy. Uh, I asked Triple H on the, the post media call, the post show media call, which is up on Fightful. And I was like, listen, I know he's really good at his job, but it looks like his shoulder got hurt. Yeah. And Triple H said, yeah, he's got a separated shoulder. I think this could happen. And I hate that. I hate that. That's a bummer. It can happen all the time. I mean, he, I think he has said, Kieran Cross has said he doesn't think he'll miss much time. I mean, they could probably get through a few weeks just having cut promos wearing a suit or something if they need to. But uh, I guess we'll have to see. I mean, take over that match disappointed, Sean. It did for me. The, I thought Karrion Cross's entrance was better than the match. Yeah, I think if he didn't have a separated shoulder, it wouldn't be as bad. But it did Fair. remind me of a lot of those Bobby Roode-era slower-paced matches. And that's just not the NXT style. Right. And that, that's not it. And Karrion Cross can work any style. Mm-hmm. Any style. That he could possibly that you could possibly do, so um, yeah, yeah. I want to I want to talk about Dominic Mysterio. Uh, so after SummerSlam, I asked you if him and Seth Rollins rehearsed that match. Uh, you told me that they did. Can you tell me anything you might know about that? No, I don't know a damn thing. I just know they rehearsed it. Okay, well, there's a reason that I asked you that question. And the reason I asked you that question is I noticed that a lot of the feedback after SummerSlam was high praise for Dominic Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I want to say this. I, number one, I, I, I did not think it was a bad match by any stretch. Uh, and I did think that Dominic looked very comfortable in there. Like, uh, the way he slipped in and out of the ring was, was, you know, seamless. He did a 619 from the floor that looked good. I could tell by his facial expressions that he looked comfortable. He didn't, he didn't look like – because obviously he spent a lot of time in the ring. And he looked comfortable. However, the reason I asked you if they rehearsed it is because I thought that he benefited massively from having the right dance partner in Seth Rollins and from having his dad at ringside. And again, not to take anything away from Dominic Mysterio, but he was carried in that match. I I thought Rollins was phenomenal. I thought he was Mm -hmm. great, not only just carrying Dominic, but I thought that he played the heel very, very well. I noticed many times in that match, Dominic was about to do something, and then he would stop and do something else. Or he was going to go in this direction, and then he would stop and go in that direction. And I would see that thing, and he's being, they're, he's, they're walking him through it, and, he, and he's being carried through it. And again, I'm taking nothing away from Dominic. He's a kid. It was his first ever match in WWE. Massive pressure on him. It's at SummerSlam. Kid was under a lot of pressure. Uh, so nothing, I take nothing away from him, but uh, I definitely thought that he had the right dance partner. And so, oh, uh, for, for sure. And I mean, I think it's probably a good idea, regardless of what topic you had next, to kind of segue into Pat McAfee there as well. Because that very, was my next topic, Sean. Very, very similar situations, but these two people had dance partners. I talked to somebody very close to Adam Cole about this, and uh, they were nervous for the match. Not, not the people in particular, but people close to Adam Cole, because they knew how much this stuff reflected on Adam Cole and how much this stuff reflected on Seth Rollins. Sure. And if I'm WWE... Boy, do I have confidence in those two. They were given complete... I've I've worked matches with people in their first match ever. Nobody nearly as athletic as either Dominic or Pat McAfee, 
but it's not easy and it's really scary. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if they're going to be in the right place. Yep. You don't know if they're going to be in the right area. But uh, we have Matt Scales. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks, SRS. Who do you think was better, Dom or Pat? I think Pat was better. Yeah. But I think that Dominic will get better because I think this will be a full-time career for Dominic. I completely agree. I think that people got to remember Dominic Mysterio is 23. He's just a kid. McAfee's in his... I he's that old. Yeah, he's just a kid. <laughs> McAfee's in his 30s. And so the maturity level alone is different. But I, I want to say about Pat McAfee, obviously he did not look to me to be as comfortable in the ring as Dominic was. Uh, I thought that uh, Pat McAfee, as, as an example, his tie-ups looked really bad, I thought. Uh, like, he didn't look as comfortable. Now, Dominic Mysterio's punches sucked ass, so there's things that he needs to work on, but again, he's 23. McAfee didn't look as comfortable. However, when you want to talk about major league star potential, Pat McAfee has major league star potential. I don't know if he wants to do this. I, I heard that afterwards he said he has no uh, uh, prior commitments or, or no future commitments to wrestling. I don't know what his, what his plan is. I thought that he really overachieved in this match. I thought his performance, in terms of an overall presentation, was a lot better than Dominic Mysterio. But again, Dominic's 23. It's not apples yeah. to apples. But when you talk about, number one, elite-level athleticism, and, and people joke around, oh, he was a punter in the NFL. He is an elite-level athlete. When he was on the top rope with Adam Cole, he did a backflip. He landed on his feet, ran back over, did a vertical leap back to the top rope to flip Cole off. He is an elite-level athlete. That's number one. Number two, his charisma, Sean. Oh, God. He is and, off the charts when it comes so to think, that. I do think that Pat and Dominic have a different kind of, of – charisma and i think it works for both of them dominic even though he's not five foot six he's like five ten five eleven yeah. he looks like he's six four next to ray he does have a baby face charisma about yes. him when he's getting the shit kicked out of him i believe it and when pat mcafee got in there a lot of it was what could he really do adam cole helped him so much when adam cole watched that backflip and shot that that look it gave me bret hart one two three kid vibes of when one, two, three kid through that arm, arm drag. And Brett doesn't look at the camera. He just shoots one of those. Okay. I'm in here with the real competitor things that makes somebody, I agree. The subtleties make somebody into something. And the way that Pat McAfee looked square at Adam Cole and said, yeah, I can do that. Quite frankly, I don't know that a lot of people knew that Pat McAfee could do that even because punters are often denigrated and ridiculed in NFL as not being real players. Mm -hmm. Well, Pat McAfee's a little bit different. And the fact that he goes in there, I know it said he was 23 pounds heavier than Adam Cole. 
I would be shocked if Adam Cole weighed the same amount as EC3 does. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there was a size difference, and there was no, there was no sacrifice of athletic ability. It was stunning. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I thought that they both knocked it out of the park, and I was very happy because I've, I've heard how hard, I've heard how hard that, uh, that he works. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on Dominic. He, he's very much like his dad in in terms yeah. of having that that baby face character. And Dominic can take a whipping, man. Oh, like yeah. he he bumps really well. He took a really it looked like a pretty stiff power bomb at one point. Uh, he, the 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 cane shots that he took, like he could definitely take a beating. But uh, McAfee, to me, uh, I just looked at him and I thought that's a main eventer. Uh, I I looked at Dom's match the next night, and I thought the fact that his his dad played babyface in peril instead of him right. was an endorsement of WWE's belief in Dominic. The fact that they knew that Dominic was going to be the guy that was going to get the hot tag, and people were going to go, "Hell yeah, that's that's a pretty big endorsement." When you get that spot over Ray Mysterio, damn man. Yeah, well, I don't know, again, what McAfee's future is, but uh, I thought he was just, I, I was very impressed. You know, just the way he played the cocky heel, the way he uh, was jawing away at Cole, the mannerisms. Because we've talked before, if you're going to be an elite-level guy in wrestling, you have to have more than just the in-ring. You have to have a package. And McAfee had it, and again, we'll see what he wants to do, but I was really impressed with him. Now, going back to Rey Mysterio... I want your thoughts on this. He was on Conan's podcast, the Keeping It 100 podcast. He was talking about the stem cell therapy that he did, that he had basically all over his body. Yeah. And uh, now he's going to be 46 in December. He told them on that podcast he thinks he can wrestle at an elite level for five more years. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so do you see Rey Mysterio at 51 doing Hurricane Ranas and the 619 and all that stuff? Do you think it's possible? I think his skills will diminish along the way, but we are seeing Chris Jericho and PCO do it at a world championship level in their respective companies. So I'm not ready to rule that out. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I, I mean, Jericho's put on a lot of weight, and that, that, that's hampering him, even though he jokes that he's got abs. Yeah. But, uh, but Mysterio, he looks like he's in pretty good condition, Mysterio. So, but five more yeah. years, 51 years old, when you're, when you're an uh, acrobatic, high-flying wrestler... Yeah, that's a challenge. It is. But we have seen him work with much less than what he has now. And obviously stem cells have changed his life. And that's so awesome. I think that's so great because I thought he would be retired by now. But I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Um, Also, guys, reminder, donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. What do you got next, Jimmy? Keith Lee. Yes. We got some super chats on this one too. Okay, I mean, why don't you just go ahead and tell me what happened? I already saw what you wrote about the uh, the music, but uh, universally crapped on his debut oh, yeah. for 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 not the fault of Keith Lee at all. Go ahead, tell me what you know. Well, Stephen Fitzpatrick sends a super chat and says, "What is Sean and Jimmy's thoughts on the bastardization of Keith Lee's character on Raw? They've gone out of their way to ruin him." Well, WWE is encouraging a lot of their wrestlers to move away from CFOs themes. I've got a full rundown on that on Fightful Select. I won't bore you with the details, but a lot of it comes down to royalties. Keith Lee signed off on it. I know he tweeted that it was out of his hands, but there have been wrestlers that have said, no, this new music sucks. I'm not doing this. Uh, I don't know if they'll face any type of ramifications from that. But also the gear, I don't, I think, I would expect to see more alterations to Keith Lee's gear in the coming weeks. So don't don't think that that's just the finished product right there. But he was out there in a bodysuit, and then he was booked against Randy Orton, and then the match like quickly ended, 
and he just ducked out of the ring while Drew McIntyre attacked him. Yep. That was rough. Too. I hated the whole thing. I didn't like his promo. And, and I, I heard you on the post-Raw podcast. You were saying, I mean, if that's his promo style and that's how he talks, it is what it is. And I agree with you. You know what I thought of? So he, the first thing he did is he goes out there and he says, greetings and salutations. I thought of Demolition Man. You ever seen Demolition Man? Yeah. The, the guy in the, in the robe? Yeah. Uh, it, I, I just I, I wasn't impressed. And, and even little things like I would like to know, did Keith Lee decide to shave the beard or did Vincent Man tell him to shave the beard? Because I think he looks better with the beard. I think he looks more intimidating with a beard. And seeing him out there, no beard, saying greetings and salutations, wearing new gear with shitty music, I thought, what are you doing with this guy? You know? I, I don't hate the, the greetings and salutations. That, like I said, that's how he talks. I know. Is that promo style... I didn't like it. For me? No, it's no. definitely not. I didn't like it, and I, I joked on Twitter about how Vincent Mann probably got a look at this guy and was probably like, what, Paul, this is the guy you're putting over? He, he's, he needs to do some crunches, and his music sucks, and I don't Vince know. Vince is well aware of him. He's been well aware. He was on Survivor Series and the Rumble. I know. I'm, I was only kidding, but I, I, I feel like calling him up to the main roster was a split decision, a quick decision which is why he had generic shitty music and which is why he was in a bodysuit. And even if they're getting away from, from CFO stuff, Keith Lee did his own lyrics or his, his own uh, singing and stuff on the last one. They could just do that again on a new one. Yeah, of course. And of it, course. Only, it only takes a week to get that done. Yeah. You know? It does like, not take long. It felt I, rushed to me. I was very disappointed. Hopefully they pivot because they're going to wrestle at payback now. So hopefully they, uh, they make it up. Well, Throwback27 says, with Roman back in the draft looming over their talent, do you see the possibility of Keith Lee on SmackDown since they are badly in need of personality on the show? Could Lee versus Roman help SmackDown? Well, it's one thing to have personality on NXT, and it's another thing to have it on Raw or SmackDown, and we've seen that stripped or enhanced for certain people. I didn't think Elias had a lick of personality in NXT, but then he pops up on Raw, and he's got great personality. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of people that did really well in NXT, and then they come to the main roster, and all of a sudden, they don't. So I want to see more of how he performs and how he responds to booking before that. But I think Roman and Lee could help SmackDown, certainly. they got to build him right, too. I agree. I mean, they got Riddle, too, who, who could be a top guy if they handle him right. And they got some other guys. But I guess we'll see. I want to shift over to AEW. And uh, the first thing I want to say is, what a way to put over Brody Lee. Yeah, Evan, Last Evan week. Wright sent a super chat and said he needed your thoughts on the Cody Brody Lee angle. I liked it. Keith I Lee's did. brother Brody Lee. Yeah, yeah, it's right for both of them. Yeah, I liked it, and uh, you know I've been critical of Cody when I felt like he deserved it. Uh, in this case, I want to praise Cody because he was very unselfish, getting squashed by Brody Lee. Really made Cody, uh, Brody Lee look strong. And, uh, and I really liked it. And I guess my only question now, obviously the Dark Order is going to be a top-level act again. It didn't work the last time, but Brody Lee was not there the last time. And so I want to see what's going to happen now that they're going to make this act, you know, the, the big top. It looks like the big top heel faction. But uh, I liked it. I thought, again, it was a very unselfish thing for Cody to do, and it made Brody look good. I did, too. Um, I was watching this as TakeOver happened, and I think that TakeOver is looked, looked at in a less favorable light because of how that show ended compared to how SummerSlam and AEW ended. Because these were three momentous finishes, and SummerSlam and AEW were unbelievably good. I think Cross's win would have been a lot better if he wasn't hurt. But this was amazing. It didn't just set—like, this didn't hurt Cody at all. No, not at all. Because he's 
because he's been booked so strong, so long. Then when he loses, after all those wins, he doesn't just lose. He gets destroyed. Oh, and not just destroyed, destroyed by the Dark Order, who were universally panned last year. Hated them. I hated them. I was there for the debut. It sucked. I was there for the follow-up for a lot of the shows. It sucked. Yeah. And it could have sucked all the way. A lot of people didn't think that it was good when Brody Lee started to come in and do the Vince stuff. I didn't like that either. I agree. I didn't like it either. And I also didn't like him in the gear at first with the yeah. the hooded robe and stuff. Yeah. It didn't it didn't match him, but I think he's kind of finding his place now. And I had no Ooh. problem with the squash because it's not like this was the culmination of a program. This wasn't the culmination of a program. This was just Cody defending the TNT title against another opponent in another week. And so it could happen. You know what I mean? Yes. It was unpredictable. It was effective. You know, you would hear all the, because his name is Brody Lee, you'd hear a lot of Bruiser Brody comparison, size, the yeah. beard. This was the most Brod, Bruiser Brody-esque performance that I've ever seen. Him throwing chairs just aimlessly and still beating Cody in three and a half minutes, them attacking Arn Anderson. And then after all that, what do you do? Okay, you got Brody Lee over. Cody's already over. Yep. He's gigantic. Not, didn't hurt him a bit. No. So that's what I love about this. When you don't 50-50 people to death, when you don't beat people to death and they're at a high level, when they get beat, it brings somebody up to their level and maybe brings two people up another level. And that's what this did. Oh, by the way, the Dark Order now, I look at them and I go, wow, they're a threat. So what do they do to tie it all in? How about Anna Jay? They have her choke out Brandy to end the show. And now a bunch of people who would be like, who the hell's Anna Jay? They go, oh, that's Anna Jay. Masterful booking. This was beautiful, masterful pro wrestling booking. They got to decide what Brandy's going to be because you, you can't be a heel in a tournament and then be a babyface with your husband. They've got to decide what she's going to be. But, I, uh, I'm more okay with that than other things because like, I think it's a situation-to-situation basis. I don't think she should go out there and say, all you people, and then go out there and be a babyface. I agree. But, but I'm okay with somebody being an asshole in one situation and being less of an asshole in another. Like we see a lot of booking in AEW like that, where one week there's a lot of heel tendencies, then the next week not so much. Like FTR right now, they beat up the Rock and Roll Express. They did all that. It wouldn't shock me if they shook the Young Bucks' hands and then they went and they faced a heel at the next pay per view. Or, and then a baby face. I like that. Let people decide a little bit more about who they want to dislike or like in some situations. And, I mean, that's her husband. She can – I'm okay with her stepping outside and protecting him. Like, that, that's her husband. Like, well, she, she doesn't give a shit if she's a face or a heel or – if she's feuding with anybody else over that. I get that. I get that. But I think if you cut a promo saying, you know, I'm a big deal and I have an action figure and I have uh, so many Instagram followers, but now I'm the baby face getting choked up by the heel. But, but what's, that, what's that matter? That's her husband. That, that's traditional shitty old pro wrestling booking. The way WWE's always done it. The way WCW always did it. I like this difference. Like she shouldn't just completely ignore the fact that her husband's out there when everybody knows it because then you'd have people going why the hell isn't anybody helping why isn't this person helping why isn't that person helping it makes sense to me i don't want them to ignore stuff like that and you're um, you're definitely right when it comes to when it comes to not helping i guess because when you look at say ray mysterio getting destroyed by retribution and everybody backstage is patting him on the back and we love you ray and and where the hell were they exactly you know what i mean so exactly. that part makes uh, sense. 
We have a super chat from Christopher Jazzcat who says, Thoughts on Evil as IWGP champ? I still can't see him as a top guy. I get that they needed a hot angle. Hopefully he can grow into the role. This is a topic I brought up a lot, Jimmy, because I have a lot of people that say, well, if this were WWE, if this were, yeah, if this were WWE, I would not have confidence in it because they have a constant track record of shitty booking and not following up on stuff. When I look at New Japan, they got a pretty good track record when they make a decision like that, that it's going to pay off. So I am more inclined to trust their judgment and reserve judgment rather than that knee-jerk, oh, this is going to suck so bad reaction. I was shocked, but I think I think he'll be able to do it. I saw Kent in the U.S. Cup. He's doing all right. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty cool. Like when they, I, I've been doing a bunch of interviews for that. Uh, check them out, guys. Tamatanga, Tongaloa, David Finley. And when they announced that, I was like, okay, it's going to be a lot of U.S.-based people. Like, in my head, I didn't even think, well, of course Kenta lives here. He mm-hmm. wrestled here for years. That's a great name for them to have. That way you've still got some Japanese influence on this New Japan product. I want to ask you about AEW selling tickets again, because uh, I think this is the first week where they're allowing limited capacity ticket sales. What's the protocol? I'm not sure what the protocol is. They didn't do COVID testing when they had people um, come in. They did uh, fever checks. They had people diligently combing the area. They had certain rows separated, and then they taped off the rows in between. So I'm not sure what the exact protocol is. I will find that out whenever uh, the show happens. But I here's the thing. I don't like it. I wish they wouldn't do it. But also, based on every story that I have heard about Tony Khan specifically over the past year— I don't believe that he would sign off on this if he didn't think it was safe. And that's another one of those benefit of the doubt things. If this were WWE, would I give them the benefit of the doubt? No, I sure as hell wouldn't. They didn't have COVID testing for the first three months that they were there. However, with AEW, I have seen a track record from their talent, from people that have worked with them, that indicates to me that he actually cares about the people that work for him so I'm a little more lenient there. Sue me. Well, at least we've seen a track record for most of their talent. Mm-hmm. So uh, back on August 21st, somebody sent a link to an article on Twitter to Chris Jericho about how the Sturgis <laughs> bike rally was already linked to multiple COVID-19 cases. Yeah. I got a screenshot of Chris Jericho's response to that guy, Camilla. Put it up that uh, response that Chris Jericho put up. He said, seven cases out of 450,000 people. That's what Jericho said on August 21st. It has since been reported that that rally in Sturgis could become a super spreader. Uh, So far, you can take that down, Camille. There you go. So far, there are more than 70 confirmed cases, and that is the word I want to make sure I get out there, confirmed cases, because a lot of people are saying, ah, it's only 70 cases. Most people are not going to get tested, meaning that the real number is going to be a lot higher than that. But so far, there are 70 confirmed cases. Now, I put up a link to an article today uh, talking about how Sturgis might be a super spreader. Somebody said to me that I'm losing them with my COVID narrative. They said to me on Twitter. And so I just wanted to mention this. I have no COVID narrative. I have no agenda. All I want is for people to be safe. I want people to be smart. I want us to get back to having full arenas for wrestling matches. I want us to get back to having full arenas for hockey. I want us to get back to having sports teams in their home arenas. But so long as people are being idiots, that's not going to happen. 
And, you know, people were saying things on uh, on Twitter about, uh, oh, you know, the virus is going to be the virus. And uh, do you want to live in a sterile world and yada, yada, yada. And I'm not trying to make this a U.S. versus the world situation because, you know, I, I have so many American friends. I'm not shitting on Americans. However, the fact remains that government officials in the U.S. open way too soon. Too many people are defying protocol. But they think that uh, mask mandates is, is, is against their rights and freedoms, whatever. And so we're currently in a situation, and this is just a fact, where right now nationwide in Canada, we, we show less than 500 new daily cases most days across Canada. Florida alone has almost 10 times that uh, on, on the average day. It's because one group of people is willing to wear a mask, one group of people is willing to social distance, and then another group is not. I have no, no agenda I just want yeah. people to be safe. I want people to be smart. And like I said, I want to have crowds at wrestling matches again. I want to be able to go watch a hockey game. That is it. And, and if you consider that a narrative or an agenda, then I guess that's on you. But that's all it is. Yeah. I'm with you. So I'm hoping Chris Jericho gets back to me about that article. I know he won't. I'm sure he won't. No. But he was absolutely wrong on that. Um, okay, this isn't an MMA podcast, but I'm going to ask. Khabib versus GSP, you think it's going to happen? Hell no, I don't think it's going to You don't happen. think so. GSP's out of the testing pool. It ain't going to happen. Do you think that if Khabib beats Justin Gaethje, that's going to add fuel to it? Because obviously if Khabib loses, then no one's going to talk about a GSP fight. No, I don't think that until GSP gets into the testing pool that this will ever happen. No, and I don't think... I mean, here's the thing. There are so many people that are like, oh, it, just, it determines the GOAT debate. No, it doesn't. GSP's 39 right now. He'd be 40 by the time that fight ever happened. Right. So I, would I watch it? Yeah. Do I think it'll happen? No. I think GSP's done. Okay, let's talk about Sonya Deville. So uh, Dave Meltzer reports that the hair versus hair match at SummerSlam was changed because her lawyer didn't want her showing up in court with yep. a shaved head, which I completely agree with. Yes. I completely agree with it. They made it loser leaves WWE. I understand she probably wants time off given uh, the state of affairs right now. Totally makes sense. Um, I know you, you know, unless you're able to talk to her, you don't know for sure. But what do you think the odds are that she comes back when this is all wrapped up? Because not only is she dealing with this right now, but we know that she has a, a love for acting. Uh, when Ruby Rose pulled out of Batwoman, the TV series, Sonya Deville pitched for the spot. So she's got that love. Do you think when this is all said and done, we might see her come back? Because the, the unfortunate situation here is she was just coming to her own. Yeah. You know, well, so the timing sucked. She told me the last time I was in Toronto that she would, had, she'd been taking acting classes and she was wanted to get into acting. I think she will come back whenever it's, it's done. I think it was a good move by the lawyers as well. I do too, yeah. Um, I had somebody say, hey, were you a part of the media that tried to have her stuff unsealed? No, I don't make a request on something like that. I don't want the details of that. That is private. If she wants to disclose that, whatever. You can say I'm not doing my job all you want. Don't give a shit. She's owed that privacy. And given what she's been through, I'm glad that those things are staying sealed, so to speak. But uh, I think that she'll come back, and I think that she'll do really well. And then I think she'll get acting roles, and she'll see how much less creatively frustrating those are. And then she'll become an actress. Very possible. Yep, very possible. Okay, I guess the last thing on my list, and I, I should probably mention if you go to the list goes on today, we are going to talk some NXT. We are going to talk about Raw Underground. We're going to talk about Velveteen Dream. We're going to talk some John Cena. We're going to talk some Liv Morgan, and we're even going to talk some Brett the Hitman Hart. 
So oh, nice. uh, go to the list goes on on FIFOSelect.com after this. Last thing I want to talk about is Mr. Braun Strowman. Okay. I feel like they could make a special on the network called The Rise and Fall of Braun Strowman. So uh, in 2017, he's the hottest star in the company. Fans are fully invested in him. People are saying he should be the guy. Forget Roman Reigns right now. He should be the guy. Then in 2018, two things happened. Number one, at WrestleMania 34, he picks a child as his tag team partner, going after the tag team titles, which everybody hates. Then after that, they inexplicably, uh, inexplicably make him a heel in order to try to get Roman Reigns over as a babyface. Ever since then, he, I don't think he's been the same. I think his popularity has declined. Uh, and now on top of that, it looks like they turned him heel most recently. He shaves his head. His haircut was one of the things that made him look unique. They shaved his head. They took the singlet off of him. At least having the singlet as a top made him look a little bit different. They took that off. Um, Roman Reigns is going to get that title shot at payback. It looks like they're going to go fiend Roman Reigns. That's what it looks like. If that, if that happens, Braun Strowman's the, uh, left in the cold. Where do they go with, with, with Braun Strowman from here? Where do you think they go with him? I don't know. He needs to become the monster again. This needs to lead him down that. Really? Okay, so he became the monster again when he got thrown in that goddamn lake they stole from Matt Hardy. <laughs> yes. He became that. He needs to get back to that. He needs to get back to the situation that got him over, tearing stuff up and not caring about anybody. We make the joke. We don't need cricket wireless spokesman Braun Strowman. <laughs> yeah we don't need that that's not is that nice to have his face on there sure i'm sure i'm sure it is but when the show is better everything's better for him ah you know the first thing go, probably probably big e honestly he probably loses to big e soon and i don't have a problem with that the first thing that that braun ever did that i hated and i know a lot of people try to differentiate and say yeah but that that wasn't on the tv show like that makes it okay but the first thing he did was when they had him do a spoof of elf do you remember that yep sure do and i hated that because he was in the midst of being the monster at that time like he, his, his popularity was on the rise he was in the midst of being the monster and then he was acting yeah. like a goof pretending to be elf i despised it uh, and again, people try to differentiate and say, well, they did that for WWE.com. That's not raw. That makes it okay. To me, it doesn't because people are watching both. I agree. So I didn't like it. And uh, it's unbelievable where he was to where he is now. It's stunning that, that he's yeah. fallen off the way that he has. His match, I thought, at SummerSlam was one of the worst on the show. Takes a couple sister Ab- Abigail's pin, done. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate, man. He could have been the man three years ago. Yeah, and he should be. He should be like this generation's Hogan for them in that big dude, not the greatest worker in the world, but has a unique charisma. That should be the case. Uh, we got some super chats. In Sagre says, looking forward to seeing you win tonight. Hashtag FTF. Shout out to the mods. Hashtag mod hype. Yeah, big thank you to all of our moderators that help out during these shows. K2KYD says, Ollie has been healing it up lately. I need you to save the people at Quizlemania. FTF, plug that plug. You mentioned about how far Braun Strowman has fallen. And I, I want to get back to that, well, actually, because I, I just see a couple super chats. Manny B. Wrestling says, COVID narrative is such an American term, SMH. Jimmy, you have no clue how dumb 
some people are here. It's insane. Not the person that sent that super chat, but yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat says, glad I trekked across the country to see Osprey versus Eagles last year at New Japan Southern Showdown. The last great match I've seen live. What's yours? Oh, well, I was at AEW Revolution on February 29th, and um, I got to see Kenny Omega and Adam Page face the Young Bucks, and that's one of the best freaking matches I've ever seen in my life. But you mentioned Braun Strowman falling off, Jimmy. I think the Fightful Championship has fallen off. Really? In the last year. Melissa's not on the show. I don't even think she's showing up at work anymore. <laughs> um, she doesn't defend the title, and I'm pretty sure that since she won it, I don't think she's ever defended that championship. So personally, I think the right idea is to give it to me. I mean, you're not bringing me to Canada this year. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be some kind of sort of step in for that. But I think the Fightful Championship would just be fine. She hasn't defended it at all. So the first thing I, I want to point out or make clear is that Melissa is still working for the company. We're, curr we're currently in a situation where, due to COVID protocol, I'm allowing my staff to choose whether or not they want to work from home or work in the office. And currently, she has chosen to work from home, but she's still, uh, she's still working. The other thing is you're not telling the full truth, Sean Rossap. And the reason you're not telling the full truth is because Melissa has defended the Fightful Championship in less than a year, and you would know that she defended that championship in less than a year, and I got footage to prove that she defended that championship in less than a year, and Camillo can hit it for you right now. Let now, me know when we're back. We're back, even though you just said that live on the air. So I yeah. don't... I don't know how many defenses you plan to get. I don't know how many shots you want at the title, but you're now 0 for 2. And so that, so, was, that was doctored footage. I don't have long hair, first off. <laughs> so I was very excited to get back on the air to address this. I do not have long hair. That wasn't me. Um, that wasn't you. It wasn't me. She did not successfully defend her championship against me. And I'm willing to bet there is not going to be any more footage that is shown in the upcoming weeks of somebody who's pretending to be me trying <laughs> to capture this championship. So I guess I got a new mask made that looked just a lot more realistic. Is that what happened? Yes. Did you see that Allison Kay posted uh, on her Instagram, uh, her and my mask, hanging out? I did know. not. I'm, I'm not on Instagram, so I, I did not see that. That's a shame, but... Well, we will see, but uh, like I said, you have had more than one title shot. You've been unsuccessful now, documented at least twice. And so I don't think you have a lot to say, Sean Rossa. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I'll readjust and we'll, we'll figure things out. Guys, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. Until next time, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money. 